Hello, you are listening to the Batfans podcast brought to you by the BatmanUniverse.net. Enjoy the show. What do you think would win in a fight? Um, Greg Capullo? And, and, and you know, he has muscles. And yeah, stuff. I was going to say, I don't know who's like a big guy. Yeah. Or, or J.H. Williams III. I'm going to go with Greg Capullo. <laughs> well, why? First of all, because I've seen pictures of Greg Capullo, how ripped he looks, and... <laughs> J.H. Williams, I don't think I've seen a picture of him, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but J.H. Williams is kind of like a bigger guy. You know, he he's a big guy. Okay. And he has a beard, so that, that makes him all cooler. Well, Greg Capullo has that mustache. Sometimes he goes Oh, that's right. He has a fat mustache. He's like he could be a wrestler or something. <laughs> yeah, I know. Out of principle, out of principle, I have to pick J.H. Williams. He has a beard. Hey everybody, it's another Bat Fast Podcast. This is podcast number 13. Right, Tim? You got it. <laughs> we're teenagers. We're teenagers now. <laughs> we're in our teens and we're, um, our voices are dropping and, uh, we're getting very irritable. <laughs> yeah, you notice our voices get deeper and deeper, you know. <laughs> Tim, you have a pretty deep voice, man. Yeah, I did. did you get like punching, punching the throat when you were a kid or something? <laughs> you got in a fight with your brothers or something? And... No, but I went through a bad phase where my voice was changing because right. I, that time I was playing uh, in a band and I was singing and that was really <laughs> messed up. I couldn't sing for nothing. <laughs> you hear cracks during the songs. It was like, uh, and my voice was never the same after that. So pretty much you're telling us that you got kicked out of that band soon after, right? <laughs> no, I just stopped singing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, anyways, the, this is the Bat Fans Podcast because, you know, we like to disappear faster than that, that Total Recall remake. <laughs> I was speaking of movies, it's actually a sad week because... Fuck, the Dark Knight Rises is officially not playing in any of my local theaters anymore. As of this week, it's gone. Oh, that sucks. So I can no longer kind of say, I'm going to go pop down to the movies and see Dark Knight Rises. That's officially over now. Well, you see, um, it's actually a good week for me because Dread came out in, in oh, the yeah, U.S. Right. I know you've been waiting for that one. Yeah. But um, speaking of movies, Tim. Yes. You're a big Star Wars fan, right? A little. Oh, oh, <laughs> I'd heard me uh, mention it a few times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that's an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a theory for you. Oh, boy. Let's do it. <laughs> In the original trilogy, uh-huh. what if the, the um, you know, the Rebels blowing up both the Death Stars? Uh-huh. What if that was just an elaborate scheme plotted by the Emperor to collect insurance on on the two Death Stars, because if you think about it, I mean, it, 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 it's pretty much, you know, an empire, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's like a, I wouldn't say fascist, but it's, it's kind of like that, right? Yeah. 
in that kind of government, I'm sure there wasn't a lot of money coming in. Well, they had, they had money. <laughs> oh, they did. He was, it was the Galactic Republic at first, and they just he was already in charge of the Republic, and then he just reformed it into the Empire, though. So whatever money he still had from the Republic, it was still carried on to the Empire. Yeah, no, but like, it, it, it's been 19 years since the overthrow, right? In a new yeah. hope. Uh-huh. So then, I'm sure the the money ran out at that point. <laughs> <laughs> just sorry, that's just thinking that what that the he had the rebels blowing up on purpose just to collect the insurance. <laughs> that's our, that sounds like something from those. Robot chicken uh, Star Wars specials. <laughs> no, but you see, um, it his plan would have gone perfectly if it weren't for the the wild card, which was Darth Vader throwing him over into the uh, that reactor thing. He didn't expect Vader to uh, switch sides or betray him. Yeah, but he was on the Death Star. So why would he want it blown up if he was on board? The second one. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. why you kicked off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You're just poking holes in my theories. <laughs> my weak theories, by the way. <laughs> Don't try to create your own Star Wars continuity parallel universe. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, let's talk about some Batman solicitations for December. Anything catch your eye? Um, yep. f- for me, it's it's the it's of course the Batwoman, which we'll get to later. And I, I really want to see Jock on um, on the backup story for Batman. I know, I know you've been looking forward to his grand return. <laughs> I know, I love Batman Jock. Universe. I love Jock. No, I'm no. kind of surprised that it's been this long that they haven't done anything for him. Because he, he was great on Scott Snyder's detective run. Like, his artwork yeah. that tone perfectly. But it seems like, uh, I mean, like, looking at his site and... It looks like he doesn't rely on comics too much mm. anymore. I mean, I'm sure he did, you know, in his early days. But then, you know, he does movie stuff now. I mean, he he, he did concept designs for um, the new Dread movie, and then he, um, you know, he did like Children of Men. So uh, uh, I'm thinking that he doesn't rely solely on on comics for his income. Like he can be like, okay, I, I, I like the story. I'll I'll, I'll do. A, I'll do some art for it, or I'll do a cover. Yeah, like that. That's probably true. Yeah. If he has the time, he, like you said, if it's something that he thinks would be cool, he'll do it. Right, right. But um, did you see anything that you like? Yeah, the one that stood out to me was the cover for Batman and Robin, but that Bat logo that's forming the Joker smile. I just love that design. <laughs> There's been so many great covers for this whole Death of the Families, even with that preview shot with Joker holding his uh, face and his eyes peeking through it. There's just so many right. cool little logos out of being creative for this series. But I think that one would make a great t shirt. Yeah, and the um the Dark Knight the the Dark Knight number fifteen is pretty good. Yeah. Batman that and Joker. I mean uh, Sc- Scarecrow sitting at the head table. The chess match it looks like. <laughs> With Gotham City. <laughs> yeah, but also from uh the story points for some of the issues with the whole Death right. Family thing. It's interesting that Joker's not gonna just be going after the Bat family, but also some villains too. I think in the, uh, the backup of Batman number 15, it describes that uh, Joker's going to have a confrontation with the Riddler also. So I wonder how he's going to play into all that. Because we haven't seen the Riddler at all in the New 52 yet. Yeah, you're right. And we haven't really gotten... We haven't gotten anything, have we? I mean, we still don't know, you know, his backstory or anything, right? Yeah, nothing. 
I wonder if he still has that tumor or that cancer or whatever. I think they did away with that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they did, right? Yeah. In, um, what's his name? Uh, Tony Daniels arc, right? Yeah, that was the last time he appeared. Like, oh, yeah? Yeah. It was like the last, one of like the second to last issue of Batman before the relaunch. Right, the one with, um, uh, his daughter. I can't yeah. remember the name. Yeah, it just sounded like he beats her up or something or he kills her or something. That was the last thing. He, he beats her up. Okay. That was the last thing. But, it. just goes to show how memorable Tony <laughs> Daniel is. <laughs> we can't even remember it, but, um. It's all in the past now. The, uh, it's all in the past. Right. Good point. That's why I have you on here. <laughs> the um the the Nightwing number fifteen cover is pretty nice too with with the, with the Joker smile in the eyes. Yeah, and also the uh, Teen Titans cover with the by Greg Oh, Pogo. you're right. You're right. It's that sinister shadowy <laughs> face he has in the background holding the cards of the Teen Titans. It's awesome. Seems like all the covers are just Joker's mouth and his eyes. Well, yeah. The rest of his face is in, is in shadow. And I'm sure we won't be seeing any, like, his real actual face until we get the issues, and then probably maybe, like, the last part of the story arc, he'll, his actual face will be on the cover or something, maybe. Right. H- have you seen um, Greg Capullo's Twitter? Yeah, I've been teasing all these preview arts that he's I know. <laughs> it's like one little <laughs> side shot that he could barely make out, <laughs> and he says, oh, this looks so awesome, and then you could barely yeah. make it out. <laughs> Yeah, and it's the raw pencil too. Yeah, and it's like it, it, it's it's all scratchy and it's kind of hard to make out. And you know, I mean, I, I don't know how, how long I've stared at the picture <laughs> trying to trying to get every detail. But zooming in on it until we get the I mean, I guess finally, I mean, um, the Batman Beyond Unlimited number eleven cover is pretty good. Yeah, so all those covers have been pretty good, but as I mentioned to you earlier, a lot of them are just where <laughs> Terry's getting beat up or he's knocked out on the ground or something. It's like, why? Why can Terry be on top for once? I don't know, that was maybe one one of the complaints I've had with the series, where he got beat up way too much in that show. <laughs> I mean, it's understandable in the first season first season or two, where he's still starting out as a new Batman. Right. By the third season, I would have liked to show him that he's improved a lot, where he's just not getting thrashed and beat up all the time by the villains. <laughs> yeah, why is that? Well, I think it's because they had opportunities with the suit making them almost indestructible that since they can, yeah. they did, where you can get beat up. Something we haven't seen with Batman, like getting smashed into buildings <laughs> and fired at and blown up. Nothing you can never really have done with Batman, but since he has a suit, they can now. So that's what I think, anyway. Fair enough. I mean, that's a Pretty good explanation, but <laughs> the um, I don't really know how to feel about the, the Detective Comics 15 cover. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, you got the big old clay face there about to eat Batman and Poison Ivy and Joker cards falling into his mouth, so... Yeah. I know, that's that goes back to the whole thing with more villains that Joker's going to be involved with. Plus, I think he's going to be taking him out, or is he going to like have them help him in some twisted way? Yeah, because in that in that uh, description for Detective, it mentions that uh, what has the Joker done with the Penguin? So he's obviously not going to be working with every villain, right? And, and, and like this this Joker story, this Joker story is is going to go kind of leave its mark on all the books, right? I mean, it's not only going to be uh, the Snyder Batman, right? Yeah, the only one it doesn't look like it's going to be crossing over to is uh, Batwing, and at least from these uh, solicitations, Batwing and Catwoman doesn't seem like it has. Yeah, so 
I mean, I, I don't know why DC decided to start the new creative team on this story when they can't really tell their story. Yeah, I think this maybe might just be one or two issues before the death of the family event starts. Because I know the next issue, Detective, starts its own story arc with the Penguin. Oh, I see. It's, <laughs> it's going to be a quick. Oh god, <laughs> it's going to be a quick two issue. Yeah, either that or it ends up tying into it in the middle of the arc or something. But I see. But it's it, it's going to be great to see Poison Ivy and Clayface again. Yeah, right? I'm excited to see Clayface. I mean, he had that. Yeah. Uh, Small appearance and I don't think you can even count that Tim. Well, he was in a jail cell. <laughs> yeah, what was that? That was another Tony Daniel forgettable storyline. Um, yeah, why am I blanking on it? I, mean, it I like, know. <laughs> <laughs> I just cannot think of it. it was detect- it the issue zero? Yeah, well, was pretty it sure zero? it's a zero issue. Yeah, it's either that or a twelve issue. But <laughs> Anyway, no, it, it, it wasn't the 12, because the 12 um, wrapped up that crappy storyline with Mr. Um, All right, Mr. Toxic. <laughs> Mr. Toxic. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah it must have been the zero. No, I know what it was. It was the annual. Yeah, the annual, because yeah, uh, Greg Hurwitz wrote the zero. Yeah, so it still oh. was Tony Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless. I was wondering what Clayface they would go with, but it is the Basil Carlo ones. I mean, that's what they named them when they were talking to him in the jail, so. Right. But, like, is it, I mean, that's another, that's another name, like, is it Basil, like, the spice, or <laughs> yeah. the herb, or the, or is it, like, Basil, or? I pronounce the, it Basil. <laughs> I, I, I pronounce it heard, Basil. I think I've heard more people call it, call him Basil Carlo, so. Oh. Maybe I'm wrong then. <laughs> I just figure it's like, well, you know, what you put in food and stuff. Yeah. But it's I'm not an expert. Whole, I'm not a scientist. Maybe the whole racial go razzle go thing. Yeah. <laughs> Even though razzle go is wrong. Ras, race, raz. Yeah, because do you remember there's that Batman Beyond episode where um, Talia comes back to have Bruce uh, go into Lazarus pit? Yeah. And then Terry walks in on them talking, and he's all telling him he's calling Raish Raz al Ghul, and then Talia corrects him, saying it's actually pronounced Raish, but it's a common mistake. <laughs> and then you actually hear Danny O'Neill always call him Raish, and since he created him, that's the correct name. So. <laughs> yeah, I know, but like, how, how do you get Raish from from R A apostrophe S? That's what I don't get. It's easy, yeah, easy to mispronounce it as Raz. <laughs> and, and, and you know Christopher Nolan's trilogy doesn't help. No, I'm going to make a lot more people call him Raz now more than Raish. You see, I, I call him Raz. That's wrong. <laughs> I, I I mean, <laughs> I, I don't really care how it's pronounced. But you got to pronounce it Raish, just like with. I, I, I'm going to call him Rastafari. <laughs> how does that? Rastafari Al Google. What is this? Uh, <laughs> it's just like you gotta call Tyrannosaurus Rex, not T Rex. I don't like the abbreviation. You gotta call it by its full name. Why? <laughs> I mean, Tyrannosaurus doesn't make any sense. I mean, that, why have such a long name for that? That's followed up by by a three letter word. <laughs> makes it sound more menacing, more powerful. Yeah, I, I, I guess. I mean, I, I've never been face down by one. But <laughs> if you do, just stand still. <laughs> you think that that would have really worked? Like, <laughs> I mean, 
I, I guess you can't really prove that because <laughs> nobody's ever seen a T-Rex. So, like, I bet you Steven Spielberg was just like, you know what? I can't think of anything. Just have him stand still. I mean, that's that's, that's the way. But just have that one cool shot where you see the Rex standing or his face <laughs> right in front of theirs, but all of that one. Yeah. I mean, how would they be able to discover that just from the bones <laughs> and fossils that they have? Well, I mean, in the context of the movie. Maybe. On, a, on a wait, but but Alan Grant, he's the one that says that, but he's only a paleontologist, and he hasn't really discovered what, I mean, the habits of dinosaurs. Yeah. So. He just did a lot of research on him. He's a dinosaur lover. <laughs> I mean, I guess. But <laughs> I did not know his name was Alan Grant, like the writer. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly the same. There's the Batman connection. You see, this this yeah. conversation isn't for nothing. <laughs> but um, we have some more Batman news. <laughs> That's enough. Uh, but, I mean, there's no more Jurassic Park, Park news. Park just, I think Jurassic no. Park Four is still in development somehow, <laughs> somewhere. Yeah, it, it, isn't it? I mean, they don't even have a script. I was reading. Oh yeah. <laughs> There's, like, story phases that they're going through, or something like that, where they're trying to pick just the right one. So, like, 2017, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're just going to reboot it. That's all they're going to do. Uh, hopefully, it's, hopefully it's better than the, the, the two sequels. The second one, yeah, but I don't think the third one was that bad. No way as good as the first one, but the third one had some moments, I thought. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry, that, that was a bad statement. <laughs> <laughs> Enough of the Jurassic Park news. I'm sure we're the only podcast talking about that right now. <laughs> um, the Dark Knight Rises Blu-ray release trailer has come out and has quickly been been um, taken down. Yeah, I wonder for some why reason. that is. <laughs> they don't want the word to get out, apparently. <laughs> yeah. well, well, you've seen it. I mean, it, is there anything, you know, revealing? No, it just... The exact same trailer, the third trailer that came out for the movie, and then at the end, instead of the movie release date, it had the Blu-ray release date, which said December 3rd, which makes sense because that's like around the same time Dark Knight came out on Blu-ray. So, I mean, if that is the official day, I, just, I still don't see why they just can't officially announce it if it's, the word's getting out already. What harm is it going to do? Maybe people are going to see the Blu-ray um, special features or something, and they're going to be like, oh, there's nothing on there, and I'm not going to buy it. <laughs> if that's their worry, <laughs> I I have no clue why they took that down. I mean, uh, uh, unless IGN thought it was, because IGN broke this story, right? Yeah, that's right. The first, uh, yeah. Maybe IGN thought that that was the official trailer for the the Blu-ray release, but then they found out it's, it was just something a fan made. Yeah, but if that's the case, then usually won't like the video won't get removed or taken down or something like that. It might just get debunked as saying, "Oh, this is an official." Fake. Yeah, but when yeah. It, like it's taken down, then that's when you kind of know where it probably is official. They just don't want no one finding out about it yet. Yeah. But also, when we were talking about this last, the last show about the rumor of the extended cut, as we all expected, yeah. that got <laughs> shot down. Yeah, I. To no one's surprised, I think. I held no hope out for that thing. <laughs> it, it it just doesn't sound like something Christopher Nolan would do. Yeah, no way. Right? Like he always says, his vision is what you see on the screen the first time. Yeah. But he says that, but then looking at his other movies, um, 
Memento especially. Why why are there there um, extra feature stuff on that? Yeah, he's so against that. Batman ones, I know. And, and, and even the um, the the Batman Begins um, DVD. Yeah, that's the best one out of that and Dark Knight. But still, you kind of wish for. Yeah, there, there wasn't much on it, but it was more than we got with Dark Knight and. Um, you know what I have a, Dark Knight Rises. You know what I have a feeling we're gonna get on the Dark Knight Rises is that like twenty minute uh, behind the scenes featurette we got a few weeks before the movie came out. Right. That'll probably be their one like behind the scene documentary. We'll probably get that uh, special Batmobile TV special that premiered the, the week uh-huh. before it came out or something like that. I just hope that's not it, but I'm sure those are gonna be stuff that's on there. I think that there's gonna be something about the bat, like a little. Probably, yeah. You know how, like, in the dark, now we got the thing about the bat pod? Mm, yeah. And testing it out and stuff. I think we're, we're going to get a little, you know, five-minute video on that. But, um... What I'd love to see, though, I actually just picked up the Indiana Jones Blu-ray set. Right. One of the new special features they had on there is called uh, On the Set of Raiders of the Lost Ark, where it pretty much goes to each location of the movie and the story of the movie, but you're just seeing all the behind-the-scenes footage of them filming it. You see Spielberg going over to Harrison Ford, how he wants the scene directed and all that. It was just a really yeah. cool like documentary look of how pretty much every big moment of the movie movie was shot. I would love to see that on like some like on the Dark Knight Rises or Star Wars or any any really cool movie <laughs> that is so like all these <laughs> iconic and iconic scenes that you want to see how they shot would be perfect. Keep dreaming Tim. I know. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> I don't always crush your dreams now. But it's highly unlikely. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay, so next we have new Dark Knight pu- publicity shots. Yeah, those are cool. I don't know how many times I scrolled through all those 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 new pu- publicity shots, but some of them are pretty cool. And, and the bat suit looks awesome in those pictures. Yeah, I mean we've seen some of these shots before. They are publicity shots they use for the Dark Knight, but there's a lot more that they didn't use. This, right. We're using these cool Batman poses. A lot of the ones I like that I thought were cool were where he's kind of like crouching down and it's mainly the cape mm-hmm. that you see covering him. I love those shots. Yeah. Yeah, I like the ones where he's on like one knee and he's kind of like looking down. Yeah, those ones. Those are always really cool. And there's some, some Joker ones too. Yeah, it's new shots. There's that one where he's like looking at you or like from like upside down. It's like his body's yeah. twisted. <laughs> that was... That was pretty good. It's also the shot too where Batman has was holding a battering, which I don't think he used at all in the Dark Knight. Yeah, it's it, it's bigger than the ones he used in Begins. Yeah, that's really the only time he used the batarangs in Yeah, in Begins. The opening sequence of Begins. Or not the opening sequence, but his first appearance as Batman. I hope we get more shots like we supposed to see shots for Dark Knight Rises. But, uh, you know there are tons yeah. of these ones. Especially the Bane ones. I really want to see the Bane ones. I want to see that mask, you know, in a still picture. A nice big close-up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> nice close-up. Um, is there anything else you want to say? No, just that they looked really cool. <laughs> it, was a, it was a pleasant surprise, because I don't think we were expecting to see too much new stuff for The Dark Knight. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and it's kind of weird seeing, um, uh, you know, the Christian Bale Batman and the Heath Ledger Joker not in Gotham, like, just behind a screen. or yeah, looks like a stage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh oh, it's taken away the illusion of the movie. Uh oh. <laughs> I don't believe it. For me. Yep, I can't watch Dark Knight. Dark Knight sucks now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So next up, we got the Injustice Gods Among Us Tokyo Game Show trailer. Uh, but like, I, I guess the biggest news is that Kevin Conroy is going to voice Batman. Yeah. But like, um, was it announced anywhere before this? No, it wasn't. Because you never really heard too much of any other footage or trailers that was shown for the game of Batman talking. You would hear him grunt a little bit as he got punched and then he punch other people. It kind of sounded like Conroy. Right, right. And so, it, I just wasn't for sure yet. I was like, yeah, that, that does sound like him, but again, someone could imitate like his grunts or whatever just to make it kind of sound like him. But then in this trailer, you actually hear him talk and you know it's Kevin Conroy. Right. Which, of course, is a good thing for the game because <laughs> the last Mortal Kombat versus DC game, um, it wasn't, I don't even know who did his voice. It wasn't Conroy. I mean, it was all right, but it was like nothing memorable. So, at least in this game, it'll it'll be the voice of Batman there. So. Okay, so I guess that's it. That's all we have for news. Um, wasn't really that much. I guess Batman news has been slow for the past couple of weeks, months. Yeah, it seems like after Dark Knight Rises came out, <laughs> just the news. Yeah. <laughs> nothing. News I mean, there can be some comic stories that go on, but right, right. I I think it was probably once the. Joker art picks up. There'll be some news around surrounding that. Maybe like some surprise plot twist or something that'll come. <laughs> everyone's have you seen it though on uh, Kyle Higgins Twitter? Like everyone's asking and worrying that he's gonna kill off Dick, and he's not saying yes or no to it. He's like dodging the question, <laughs> like making everyone like tormenting everyone, <laughs> not giving him an answer. But I don't think that's gonna happen. Well, I could see how they could get approved because you know. Dan DiDio wanted to kill off Dick. He hasn't been that for years since the yeah. uh, Infinite Crisis days, I think. Yeah. Uh, hopefully he doesn't get killed off, because that would just be stupid at this point. Especially when he's so one of the better stupid. books out there. I know. <laughs> you you want to kill off Tell your best You're doing friends. a great job at Nightwing. We're going to kill him off. <laughs> uh, and you'll never work for DC again. We're going to use the Barbara Gordon from Smallville, Nightwing. As oh, no. <laughs> there you go. You'll get Stephanie Brown back as Batgirl. Barbara will become Nightwing, and Dick's dead. <laughs> yeah, but I don't want to see a Barbara Gordon Batgirl. You mean Nightwing? Oh, yeah, Nightwing. I don't want to see Barbara Gordon Nightwing. But I do want to see a Stephanie Brown Batgirl, because, hey, let's face it, Brian Q. Miller's... Uh, run on that book with Steph is light years better than what Gail Simone is doing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, for comic reviews, should say spoilers. If you haven't read any of the comics yet in the past two weeks, you probably won't want to hear this. So, you know, just pause it and come back later. Um, but for comics, we have... For the week of September 12th, we have Batgirl number zero, Batman and Robin number zero, and Batman number zero. For September 19th, we have Catwoman number zero, Red Hood number zero, Batwoman number zero, Nightwing number zero, Batman Beyond number eight, and Justice, Justice League number zero. It's nice to have an actual number in there, number eight, instead of all just Yeah, I know. Zero, <laughs> zero, 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 zero. Um, so for September 12th, Tim, where do you want to start? Okay, yeah, but before, we haven't told them what our rating system for this week's going to be, and that is... Oh, yeah, that's right. Our rating system for this week, this this episode, is Batman allies that show up and just know how to fight. 
<laughs> because? Because of Nightwing. I mean, he just shows, uh, Dick just shows up and he knows how to fight. Like, uh, it's, it's kind of weird, but, um. Yeah, so I'm not gonna know fully what that's like because I was going to earlier. When I went to my comic shop, Nightwing didn't get shipped to them. They probably won't uh-oh. get there till next week, so I didn't get a chance to read it. Yeah, but I'll find out if, if I missed anything or not. <laughs> You're a bad bat fan, uh, Tim. I guess I could have downloaded it digitally, but... Exactly. exactly. <laughs> then I have... So what happened? I don't want... When I'm flipping through my Nightwing titles, I don't want the zero issue not to be there when all the other issues are there. i got to have the actual physical comic in there. But you can buy it twice. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, unless you cannot sacrifice $3. <laughs> I mean, unless your life depends on $3. I mean, $3 can go a long way. <laughs> <laughs> so, really, Tim? That's really? a value meal somewhere at some fast food place. <laughs> or it's a happy meal. There you go. <laughs> I, I, I guess. <laughs> Starfy, I have $3. We'll get a happy meal. On to the back over here. So, Tim, what did you think, man? I, I really like this issue. I think, really? I think it's probably the best Batgirl issue so far. Probably, probably not saying a whole but a lot, but... <laughs> Good point. I mean, there have been Batgirl issues I've enjoyed, but then they taper off, and then it's like, never <laughs> But I just liked the, her origin story for this one, because in the previous... Uh, her previous origin story was that she was going to a costume party, and she ends up... Uh, she sees Killer Moth trying to kidnap Bruce Wayne or something. She ends up stopping him. And that's how she first started to become Batgirl. Because it's for the thrill of it or whatever. <laughs> because she was able to save Bruce Wayne from Killer Moth, who's like one of the lamest Batman villains at the time. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Let's just take the name into consideration. Killer? Yeah, yeah, we get that. Killer. You know, I'm going to kill you. But. Moth? We all know how deadly moths are. <laughs> okay, okay, I mean, I... Yes. <laughs> I mean, because of this story, it seems like she right away had a fascination with Batman and wanting to do more, and yeah. her using her, I guess, uh, her school, like she was studying a criminology or something. Yeah. yeah. And so she used that to like go to the Gotham police station, but she was... Really there to see what they knew about Batman, trying to get more information on him. And I like that. Yeah, and like the, the the other thing too is, um, you know, when Babs looks in on the at that little conference that's going on, and yeah. there's the mock-up of the bat suit. How did they make that? Uh, they probably just pieced it together from what little they saw. They probably saw about some type of like, oh, I see, body armor or something. And then the cable right. now is not easy, it's easy enough to replicate. So I was kind of wondering if they would do like a little Dark Knight nod. You know, at the beginning of that, you see like the Bigfoot picture, the Abraham picture <laughs> of suspects that they think are Batman. <laughs> they have something like that on there. But yeah, I also like too how her first appearance as Batgirl played out, where she was stopping that criminal, that gang trying to bust that criminal out. Instead of running, as that officer told her to, she had said, went to that mock-up Batman suit that they had, and she pretty much kicked the crap out of that uh, criminal. I just think it was a better way of her first appearance in Batgirl than, like I said earlier, than her just going to a costume party and saving Batman from, or Bruce Wayne from Killer Moth. And then to have Batman actually show up was a cool point of the story, too, where he just saying, like, you did this, and he was impressed with her. And then she was just, in her monologue, just in awe of Batman's presence. 
kind of saying, like, yeah, I know why criminals are scared of this guy and how my dad doesn't like to talk about him. But yet, at the same time, he's just human, too. Like, she was just so in awe and impressed with that. Like, that's kind of what propelled her to go into Batgirl full-time. also liked her first Batgirl costume. It was just, like, really homemade, where it's just not even a cow, just, like, a domino mask on her and a blue cape. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's the retro uh, Batgirl outfit, right? Yeah. I think yeah, she, that's what I thought. She pretty much always had a cowl on, though. This is the first time I think she were, I've seen her that she didn't have a cowl. It was just a mask. But then I guess the only thing I really didn't like was that it was only for a year, and then she decided to hang it up just to focus on schooling, which I thought was kind of a lame reason. <laughs> I, you see, I like that. Okay. I, I, I like how she, you know, when she was that girl, she felt like she was part of, you know, a group. Yeah, well, you know, she, she she says something like a star in the sky or something like that. Mm-hmm. I really like that, but um, and then I liked how she, um, you know, she she felt confident in herself. Um, she she got a confidence boost, and then she she felt that she could, you know, you know, hang it up and go back to her life and continue her life. You know, she went back to school. She met a guy, and then of course, you know, the Joker showed up. But yeah, I guess my thing is that because when she said it was like the best year of her life. Why would she yeah. want to give that up? But then there's that thing where she did something that she messed all that up, and they didn't explain what that is. She said, oh, that's a story for another time. So right, I guess right. until we fully know what exactly happened was the reason for giving up. Well, that's kind of why I thought this, for she said this going to school was the main thing she wanted to focus on. So until I find out what exactly happened, why she ended up quitting as Batgirl, I guess I'll have to wait for the full judgment on that, but... I did like you know, how the story. What, what do you What do you think about that? I mean that, that that that's pretty much a new concept for Babs. Yeah. In the new Fifty Two. So so what do you think about that? Like she um. It, it wasn't because the Joker shot her. Exactly. Yeah. It was because you know she did something. If it's a good enough story and the reason's good enough, it'll be okay with it. Yeah. But, but like, like I said, it kind I, of depends. I, I, yeah, I have a bad feeling that this. This new plot element, I guess you could call it, isn't going to be very good. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to wait. See, I mean, I kind of wish that this issue did mention that or tell us what it was, because that's what I think the point of the Zero issue is. To tell us all that happened leading up to the current uh, timeline that they're in now. I mean, they did a good job of showing us their first outing as Batgirl, but maybe kind of show us why she left, and then it, it ended it where which I thought was great, showing the choker showing up right at her door. But they just gave us that one little detail. I I think... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. They would have just given us that detail of why she left, and also, we still don't have the answer fully of, like, the surgery that she got to make her walk again. I know. Still left it up in the air, kind of. That's kind of one of the the negatives of this issue for me, that we we still don't have a solid idea how she, you know, became... Batgirl. Yeah, like what, I mean, what? Uh, how, how she, um, sorry, how she learned how to walk again. Yeah, like what was that whole surgery process? I think they mentioned that it was something new. That yeah, was like some doctor in Africa or something. Yeah, but still, we still don't have the full story on that. It's <laughs> still one year later, and I thought I thought they even mentioned that in the like previous for the Zero issue, like saying find out how Batgirl came back, something like that, where how Barbara came back from her. Surgery or something like, I can't remember the exact words that they said, but I thought they mentioned it where we're going to find that out. 
but maybe I read it wrong. Yeah, I, I remember something like maybe earlier this year or even like December of last year, something saying that we are going to get like an explanation uh, within a year or something. Mm-hmm. I, I just can't remember. But um, so is that it, Tim? Yeah, I guess that's pretty much it. I, so, yeah, I really liked it. So okay, to read cool. it, I'd probably give it four Batman allies that just show up and know how to fight out of five. So that's a lot of allies. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mouthful, too. <laughs> that entire sentence. Um, Let's see if we could say it consistently throughout the whole comic review section. <laughs> so we'll mess it up. Yeah. Uh, for me, Batgirl number zero, I, I kind of liked it. Um, I... I like how Babs looks up to her father, you know, in the beginning, and I, yeah, I like how Babs, you know, talks about her training and, and stuff. I mean, he, even if it does kind of sound pretentious, mm-hmm. you know, she's like, uh, you know, people call me, you know, uh, fierce and stuff like that. But um, it 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 gets the point across that Babs gives everything she does one hundred ten percent, which she should, and um, I. I just liked how she she used her homework to get herself at the GC, the, the the police station, so that she can learn more about Batman. And what I think is the gem of this issue is the part where Harry X and his cult attack. Uh-huh. Um, and you know Barbara, without even skipping a beat, immediately knows. I mean, she she immediately goes into action by protecting her brother and and hiding from from Harry X. Yeah. And then, you know, when, when it's only her, James, and, you know, Harry, I I really like how she wants to to prevent Harry X from killing the cop. Um, yeah, especially after he told her just to run away to protect right, save right. herself. Yeah, yeah kind of like what you said. Um, I, I think that this is the Babs that I really want to see. Um, you know, one that doesn't second-guess herself, you know, um, that quickly calculates, you know, the situation – and makes a good decision. Um, but then she fights um, um, Harry X, and then she still seems slightly unsure of herself, and then, and then she reverts back to old, I mean, I guess it would be new Babs but you can in kinda, the context of this issue. I think it kind of works, because this is our first time really going yeah, up as yeah. criminals. So. I, I get that. I see but, that. Um, I mean, I, I, I get that, but... Going back to the beginning of this book where she's so confident and she, she says people are, you know, describe her as fierce and blah, 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 blah. And she gives everything she does 100, uh, 110%. It, 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 it just doesn't make sense why she would go from, you know, this strong female character to this, you know, insecure woman. Yeah, that didn't bother me at all, really, for this really? issue. Yeah, because this is a, she's going up a big criminal right here who could yeah, yeah. easily I mean, kill her. But I get that. Uh, like, I, I even agree with the part where you know Babs is you know pumping herself up. She's saying, "Okay, Barbara, you trained for this," and yeah. um, I, I get that this is her first fight, real fight. Um, but why go back to that? It it it, it almost feels like a crutch that Gail Simone has created for herself because she doesn't know what to put in the dialogue box. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, I can see where it is getting tiring when after all the other issues she does the same thing. But if there was, this should be the only issue where she should be able to do that. Right, right. Uh, I mean, I get that, but... I mean, I guess it makes sense, but... I guess in the context of the ongoing, I, 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 I'm just so sick of that. Um, but I also really didn't really care for Harry X and his cult. Yeah, well, they're, I, I, I felt they're that. The, yeah, I felt that the dialogue, for the most part, I mean, their dialogue was just terribly written. And you know, it's it seems like just a cardboard cutout of what people think cultists say. Uh. <laughs> and like, I, they're just. Like you said, forgettable. Hopefully, we'll never see them again. Yeah, I don't think we will. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, um, I I really like seeing Babs fighting crime, you know, in the old bad girl suit, and you know how when she was fighting fighting crime, she felt like she she belonged, and you know how she transitioned to her rethinking her role as bad girl, and you know all of that stuff that that went down where she did something to Batman. Um, and I like how she, you know, ended up leaving to continue, continue on with her life, you know, where she went back to school and she met a guy and, you know, she's, her life seemed to be going on track and it, it, it just sets up the, 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 uh, her getting shot by the Joker even better. Yeah. And I, I felt that that stuff, you know, in that last scene, um, I, I just thought that Babs inner monologue was, was, you know, that. Also one of the best parts of the book. Um, I'm I'm just kind of let down that we still haven't seen how Babs recovered from getting shot. I yeah. we kind of got a hint of that, but I, I just want to see it already. I mean, it's been a year, and to hold off for a year and make and probably more on something that is essential to the character is is kind of not yeah. stupid, but the only thing I'm thinking of is that. They're saving it for the death of the family arc. So that's pretty much, I would think, the last right. best opportunity to explain what happened. Because you know Joker's going to be taunting her with that. So maybe then is when we'll finally get the reveal is what happened to her after she got shot and how she came back. Right. But, um, anyways, you know, I, I really like the art. Um, especially that panel where we first see Babs wearing that police mock up of the Batsuit. Yeah. And you know, just entirely through the issue, I love the art. And also, so, too, that page where you see Batman, Batgirl, and Robin swinging through right, the city. Right, right. I like Dick's uh, yeah. costume in that, too. Yeah. <laughs> but what do you think about the new costume? Yeah, I liked it. Because uh, that's a new one, right? I mean, we really haven't seen that. No, especially not for Dick. Yeah. Maybe Tim. Yeah. I was more like Tim's original costumes from the nineties it looked like. Right. Which is that that's still my favorite all time Robin costume. <laughs> Tim's first nineties outfit. Is it because his name is Tim? <laughs> no, I just don't like him. Don't I remember lie. being just loving how his cape was black and yellow and longer than the original <laughs> small yellow Robin cape. I just thought that was really cool. Right. <laughs> that always got an impression on me as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um I would probably give this Three, um, a three Batman allies that show up and just know how to fight out of five. So, one point less than you, Tim. <laughs> so I have more allies who know how to fight than you do. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, that's a good point. Maybe I should up my score to five. 
No. Uh, three out of five. Um, so... So let's do Batman and Robin number zero. What did you think, Tim? Yeah, this is another issue I thoroughly enjoyed, too. I mean, it was cool to see some of Damien's training with the Italia in the League of Assassins. It's just showing how how he is the way he is and how he fights the way he fights with all the training that he gets. But probably what I really like is in the beginning of the issue was how we finally see a more innocent side of Damien as a small toddler. I mean, I love that first training session he has with Talia where she tells him every day on his birthday they're going to have a fight and until until you beat me, I won't tell you about who your father is. So that's kind of his motivation for these fights to train and to beat her one day to find out about his father because he's obsessed about him. But at the same time, was a Damien who was, like I said, just more of an innocent kid, not understanding everything that he's doing just yet. And I just love that one panel where he's going and he finds the cape and cowl of Batman and Talia's drawer and he puts it on. Yeah, that <laughs> was just, pretty cool. He just says to him, look, I'm a bat. <laughs> This is like the nicest you'll ever see Damien ever again. Like the last right, time. Right. His innocence as a child. Yeah, so he was a normal kid for a little bit. <laughs> but like the first three years of his life. Yeah. And then after that, when we see like all those two pages where we see all these panels of the different training he gets, I mean, you see him chopping the head off a tiger, so getting music lessons, karate lessons, breaking a bunch of boards, art school, just sniping. <laughs> I like the shark. Yeah. The spears the shark. I mean, he didn't have the bat shark spray repellent yet because he wasn't with Batman. Oh, of course <laughs> so. not. He wasn't Batman yet. Yeah. So he had to make do with a harpoon. <laughs> <laughs> I just liked also, too, during those panels, it always cut to uh, a shot of every, like, a next birthday that he would have fighting Talia, saying that, and she tells him, sorry, Damien, you lose. Sorry, Damien, you lose. No, yeah, it's it, happy birthday, Damien, you lose. Yeah, yeah, it was a real... Real nice sequence of panels to yep. to cover a, quite a bit of time. Like I think it's like three birthdays, so like three years. Seems like. Mm. And then to the, the final one where he actually beats her. I love that sequence where it starts out Correct. that way, where he's going against a man bat and he just chops off its wings. Then <laughs> <laughs> he takes out these other assassins that she has chased, and it was just a really cool sequence. It's pretty much showing all the training he has has paid off and how deadly he is. And then two where he finally beats Talia and gets uh, her to tell more about Bruce. I just love how the this one and Batgirl, I like how they both ended because it led up perfectly to stories we're familiar with. I mean, this issue ended with that page from uh, Grant Morrison's uh, Batman and Son story arc where he first meets Bruce, where he tells him, Father, I imagine you taller, and you see the man bats all over him. I just thought it led in perfectly to that sequence we're familiar with. But I just thought that was a great way to end this issue, kind of like how uh, background was great to end it with the killing joke with Joker about the shooter. Yeah, do you, do you think that that's kind of overused though? No, I don't think so. I mean, this is the only two issues where I really found that where they did that really. That was directly yeah. from a comic we know already. So, so do you think um, you know Alan Moore and Brian Bolin and John Higgins? Do you, do you think they get a little um, a little money every time that appears in a book? I don't know. It's weird how I think how like the royalties work, right? As far as because I remember reading an interview um, when the whole thing with Bane, right? Or like the creators for Bane, and then how they still get sometimes royalties from when he's used in different things. So 
it might be where they get a little something if it's used in another comic. Yeah, like one dollar and fifteen cents <laughs> per issue that's used. If it sells, maybe it's a dollar per issue sold. That can add up. Oh yeah, that's right. It's the only thing that bugs me. It's not about the issue, but just about the overall timeline. I mean, it, you can't think about it because it might hurt your enjoyment. But yeah, you really can't. How can Damien be like? Ten years old, but then Batman's only been around for five years, and there's all that. Robin's the only other Robin's been around for five years, but Damien's ten when he becomes Batman. A Robin, it's just like, you don't want to yeah, think about I mean, it. It ruins it for you. Yeah, yeah, like like that's the thing too. It, I mean, it, especially the last, these last two weeks because we got a bulk of zero issues. I mean, after a while, I I just told myself that. I just cannot focus on the timeline. Yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> it, it just does not matter anymore. It's, yeah, the thing that gets me most is just... so muddled. Yeah, this, why Why did they think it was a good idea just to make it five? What harm would it do if you made it ten years even, or fifteen at the most? Maybe it would have aged Bruce too much. Yeah, that's what they said, but still, I don't right. think that's going to matter to too many people. <laughs> Maybe they wanted a younger Bruce, like... Yeah, but at the same time, you can't have it both ways, where the younger Bruce and you have all these Robins still. Right. Just pick one. Dick was only a Robin for like six a month months. And a half. <laughs> I know. It's like a Robin so, a year. So uh, I keep on forgetting to ask you this, Tim. But like, what would you do if DC, like, when the New Fifty Two launched? Mm-hmm. What if DC announced that everything that happened from, you know, um. Bob Kane and Bill Finger's original run on Batman, I mean, on Detective Comics, to right now, happened in three months. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Bob Kane, Bill Finger stuff is totally wiped out from continuity now. <laughs> so that doesn't matter. <laughs> no, I, I mean, like, every story, every single... <laughs> what did you say, three months? Yeah, three months. <laughs> He went through five Robin. <laughs> Three more. Yeah, I don't think that'd go over too good. <laughs> right, right. Then I don't. I, think I, I just don't know how they would do that. Yeah, I don't think even uh, Scott Snyder's Court of Owl story, as good as it was, could have saved it from the backlash. <laughs> DC was bankrupt. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so. Despite the timeline fact, <laughs> it's a great issue. But, so I'm probably going to give it four and a half uh, allies that show up and know how to fight for Batman. Oh, been liking these zero issues so far. So right? far, yeah. Okay, um, this issue was all right. Um, I like how you know Peter Tomasi gave us a glimpse at at Damien's early life with with Talia and the the League of, of Assassins because we we really haven't seen that much of of that time, right? Yep. Um, and, you know, I, I really like the scene where we see Damien being born, but not in utero. Yeah. Um, in a tank, it looks like. Yeah. But, um, I mean, we're all adults here. We know how babies are made. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, but, Dan, can you explain like, it to me? <laughs> well, <laughs> when a man loves a woman, Tim... <laughs> I thought it was just like a, a bird that flies down and leaves a baby in a basket. <laughs> exactly, and that's how it happens. 
Um, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but anyways, um, how, how did, I, I mean, again, we're all adults. I mean, if you have, you know, kids that don't know how to, <laughs> I mean, don't, don't know how babies are made, uh, you might want to skip this little section here. Um, but how did Talia get the baby out of her, out of her womb and, and get it into the tank? Or, or like, if, if he was created in the tank, like a test tube baby, how did Talia get Bruce's sperm? Yeah, they kind of made it like, they didn't say anything where they actually met each right. other. So like, they kind of like, played it where she was, or like he was like a, I don't want to say artificially born baby, because I would make him a robot. <laughs> but, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's what I don't get. But I mean, that goes it, back to the it, whole timeline thing, where it doesn't make sense. Where how could that yeah. how you hook up if he's only been around for five years and yet Damien's ten years old by the time he meets him? That sort of doesn't make sense. So, so I mean, let's say that you know continuity aside, let's say that Bruce and Talia did have sex. How did she get the baby out of her um, her womb? I mean, or is it like where she did give birth to Damien? But, like, right after they put him in that tube and they did stuff to him, like, artificial, like, enhanced him in some way in that tube. Well, he was not actually born in it, but... I, I guess. I, I wish we would have got a little better explanation, but, I mean, the, the scene is good, either way. And yeah, I really also, like how they, um... She puts him in the Lazarus pit right away. <laughs> yeah, I know, with blood after she kills her, um, her wet nurse. But, like, I guess it doesn't matter at this point. Uh-huh. Um... But I did like how Talia would only tell Damien who his father was if if Damien bested her in battle. And, I mean, look, like I said, and like he said, those long panels showing Damien failing year after year and being taught by the League of Assassins was really well done. Um, especially that one panel, of course, when Damien spears that shark. I just <laughs> love that scene. <laughs> um, uh, also, like, the... Um, Seeing the entire mission where Damien finally beats his mother, yeah, um, I, I think that that scene was really well executed. It was done to great great effect, especially when he's taking out all those assassins in midair. You know, and then he uh, he kills a bunch of them by releasing somebody's parachute. It looks like, or <laughs> or doing something, and they all get tangled and fall to the ground. Uh, I also really like the last scene where Bruce is captured uh, by the Mad Mads. And, you know, it's told that he has a son, and, and Damien holds the katana to his neck. And like you said, it, it, it recalls the that, that Graham, Graham Morrison storyline. Yeah, it was exactly the same way. <laughs> right, right. Um, anyways, I, I, I thought it was an alright issue. I felt that the art was pretty hit and miss. Um, especially the scenes where Damien is a kid. I realize he, he, doesn't, he doesn't look the same in panels. Well, it might be the show because he's getting older with each... Few sequences that they have. I mean, it, especially in the scenes like when he puts on the call and then he like right after that. I don't know. It, it just seemed like it wasn't the same kid, but maybe it's because he aged. So yeah, I would give this. I would give this three out of five Batman allies that show up and just know how to fight. That's actually. I'm just flipping through it right now. And then right. <laughs> now I'm even more confused about uh, Damien's birth. I'm looking at the there's that <laughs> panel that shot it that shows him in the incubator. And it says, like, incubator womb unlocked, nine-month-old term cycle, nine-month term cycle complete. So, like, he was in there for nine months. Like, he grew in there. Okay, so, but, like... Then he was released. So, exactly. Did, how did he get in there? Yeah. So, so, what I'm saying is, like, did... 
Um, Tally would take one of her eggs and Bruce's sperm and grow him like a test tube baby, or did... That's what it seems like um, from this panel now, after I look yeah. at it again. Yeah, but like, how did she get Bruce's sperm? Yeah. <laughs> They're probably not going to go into that deep yeah. specifics. <laughs> <laughs> it's just for kids, by the way. Uh, a, zero, a zero issue to the zero issue. <laughs> yeah. I guess it doesn't matter, though. I mean, at this point. Who cares, really? Yeah, right? Same thing with the timeline. <laughs> just the I know. Just who cares? He's a son. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the 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 last issue we have is Batman number zero. Tim. Yes. What'd you think? Now I'll probably be in the minority here, but while I I like this issue, it wasn't my favorite out of all the other zero issues we talked yeah, about. Yeah, I'm with you. Batman. I'm with you. I mean, it started off great. I thought with the whole Red Hood gang robbing that bank, and for me, anyway, I knew right away that was the Joker. I mean, the way he talked and figured out how one of his, uh, I guess, other Red Hood gang members of there wasn't, uh, I forget what he said, wasn't that he wasn't left-handed or something, and that he didn't shoot the guy, told him to shoot, he just hit him. And he knew right away that he was someone who wasn't part of this game. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. It was cool, yeah. <laughs> Typically with the Joker, he would know something like that. I also like, too, how it was Bruce working with the gang real early in his career before he was Batman. Because I know Scott Snyder has previously said that uh, this is kind of be like something that had like a side story to year one or takes place like not too long after the whole year one storyline. Mm-hmm. So, or it would be before year one because he's not Batman yet. Right. But it was cool to see like another aspect of, I guess, his journey to becoming Batman. I guess kind of working with the criminals, kind of like the Batman Begins type thing to see how they work and maybe to prevent the crimes from happening from the inside or something. But we also still got to show that uh, he's still very early and not knowing the situation as well as he will later on where he goes, he won't hurt any of these people. Then Joker tells him that, well, they're already dead. I poisoned the cake. <laughs> just how like their Joker Batman relationship is just starting right here where they're Batman's learning all the Joker's tricks for the first time right here. Not knowing that he's a Joker, but he'll eventually pick up on it. Yeah, and, and Bruce himself is kind of a kind of new to studying criminals. I mean, he he didn't even see that part coming where 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 um that leader guy. I guess we can call him the Joker. No, I'm calling him the Joker. It's pretty okay, obvious. Okay, okay, <laughs> we're gonna call him the Joker. Um, that the Joker poisoned the cake. He didn't even see. He didn't even take into consideration that that would happen. Yeah, exactly. So it's like they're learning about. I wouldn't say Joe. I would say Bruce is learning about the Joker for the first time right here. Right, right. So yeah, I thought that whole s- sequence was great, but, but then uh, the, this kind of slowed down a bit where he got back to Wayne Manor. He has that conversation with Jim Gordon, where it's kind of the same thing. What we're talking about with him and the Joker meeting for the first time this is like the first unofficial Batman Gordon meeting. They're kind of like feeling each other out, like Bruce trying to see if Gordon is someone he can trust. And Gordon kind of, you already know he has that suspicion that maybe he is Batman, but he's not actually Yeah, Batman. but, I mean, this goes back to continuity a little bit. Because why would Gordon question Bruce twice? Yeah. About being Batman. Yeah, because if it still plays with year one, he does the same thing in that too. Yeah, I mean, he he pretty much does exactly the same thing in this issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without really saying it, but you know what he was there for, yeah. Right, right. I mean, I've heard a lot of uh, 
reviews that I've read, a lot of people like that sequence where like it was a great starting point to the Batman Gordon relationship. I mean, there's really nothing wrong with it. It's just oh, I just thought it felt it played out kind of slow. Like it was kind of dragged on a bit for me. I would say I didn't get that really cool feeling. Like oh yeah, this is great with Bruce and Gordon meeting for the first time and it's setting up their Batman or Commissioner Gordon working relationship that we know they have. I just didn't get that feeling from in this sequence. Like, where we're seeing something really great for the first time. I felt that, I mean, yeah, it did slow down the issue, but it's a side of Scott Snyder that we haven't really seen. You know, a humorous side. All of his stories so far have been, you know, dark and sinister and, you know, mm. dangerous, I guess you could say. And it was just nice to see, you know, a slower issue where Scott Snyder writes, you know, something semi-funny. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, there's just something about it that it just didn't click for me, I guess. And I, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think it was that the dialogue wasn't bad or anything. It just right, right. grabbed me, I guess. That normally, this, every Scott Snyder issue does. <laughs> but but it was really great to see the, um, you know, what looked like the prototype bat suits when, um, when Alfred and Bruce were walking through that bunker thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's and, yeah that was pretty cool. And I'm guessing that boomerang thing is a is a prototype of the the, the batarang. Yeah, <laughs> you would think. It reminded yeah, me of that one in Batman Returns where he sets the the target <laughs> and he just lets it go, <laughs> then it comes back. It looks like a Nintendo controller. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then I thought it ended right. good too. With that's where it's the mess that that is the Joker <laughs> behind that Red Hood costume. Right. But then too, what I thought was really great, probably the best part of the whole issue, was the backup. By James Tinian, where we had a little bit of each Robin starts off with Tim, Jason, and Dick, just kind of showing them how it all ends with the bat signal shining in the night sky, and they all see it. And even Barbara too focuses on her, like the main members of the bat family. I really probably my favorite one out of this was Jason's, just showing them trying to make his way as a criminal, but still trying to help people. But then his uh, partner in, in this crime shot the girl he said would know that nothing would happen to her and it just really left an impression on him where he beat him up afterwards and you kind of understand yeah. why Jason is that way to criminals where he just beats him up all the time and ends up killing him when he's the Red Hood. But I just like yeah. the story the best. That was kind of shocking for me. I didn't expect yeah, the guy to here. shoot shoot the girl. I mean, Jason was like, it's okay, we're just here for the money, we're not going to hurt you or something like that. Yeah. Then all of a sudden it's like the woman's brains are all over uh, Jason's mask. Yep. And it's like, whoa. <laughs> so yeah, you can see why he definitely has this hatred for criminals that he has. Right, right. So where he just wants to beat him as close to death as possible. <laughs> right. But even Tim was cool, too, outsmarting that principal. <laughs> I know, that was great. That, that was pretty funny, too. Like, yeah. He's like, oh, wait, I'm just sending an email. And it's like... I know that you've you've been stealing from the school, and the cops are coming right now. <laughs> I know that email I sent. Those are the cops. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, was just, really great. Yeah, yeah. just those that one page where each panel shows each one looking at the bad signal. I thought was great. Like I love uh, Tim's response to it. So freaking cool. <laughs> he has a big old smile on his face. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, what would you give it? Um, I'm probably going to give it three and a half Batman allies who show up and know how to fight. I thought the backup issue was really great in the first half. 
of the main story was good. Just fell a little off for me in the second final part of the main story with Batman and Gordon. But then uh, I was thinking that 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 beginning part kind of reminded me of the Dark Knight beginning. <laughs> I can see that. The, yeah, I mean, if that guy is the Joker, I mean, it's kind of like the Dark Knight beginning. Except but, it's um, where he doesn't take everyone out. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't take everyone out and stuff. But, like, um, besides that, I, I really thought that that beginning part was really well done. But if we're going to say that that's not the Joker, then why would Scott Snyder use the Zero issue to introduce a story that he's going to get to after he does the Joker story? Exactly. It's it's the Joker. <laughs> There's no other way around it. But, yeah, the, the only other thing I kind of disagree with you on is the... Um, that rooftop scene with with uh, Gordon. I really like the the conversation between Bruce and Gordon, and you know that whole thing with the boomerang, um, which, like I said, was kind of funny. I mean, he had to get Gordon off the roof before that boomerang thing came back, and it was so funny seeing you know the the doors closed, and then the the boomerang gets caught in the between the elevator doors. Yeah. But yeah, I, I pretty much agree with everything that you said, including the stuff that you said about the backup. I really like seeing seeing Jason in that one scene and uh, Tim, of course. Um, and I like how, you know, in that backstory, it, it seemed like the bat signal was kind of united, you know, Tim and Dick and, and Jason and Babs. They kind of united them. Yeah. Um, I just really like that, and I also liked how um, Gordon has a key part in making Batman, you know, a, a symbol of hope for Gotham. You know, to get him that much closer with Batman. I just, I, I just really like that, and you know, the, the art was good in both, um, in both stories. Even if, um, you know, the, the the story seemed kind of out of place. Um, you know, Scott Snyder's main story mm-hmm. kind of didn't even seem like an issue zero, but. It kind of was because it took place before year one. But yeah, I I really like this issue. I'm gonna give this um four. I'm gonna give this four Batman allies that show up and just know how to fight out of five. Yeah, I know if everyone says the same thing like you said about that Gordon Bruce Wayne sequence. I don't know why it didn't have the same effect on me, but oh well. <laughs> Maybe you were expecting something you know a little more action oriented after you after that bank robbery thing. Maybe yeah, this is one of those things. I just don't know why I just didn't leave an impression on me like it did a lot of people. But. <laughs> oh, well. Okay. So for for the week of um, uh, September 19th, we have Catwoman number zero, Red Hood number zero, Batwoman number zero, Nightwing number zero, Batman Beyond number eight, and Justice League number zero. Let's start things off with Red Hood because I can't believe I'm saying this, but for the most part, I really like this issue. Uh, I would agree with that. I mean, like, <laughs> I haven't picked up the issue Red Hood in a while, but since it's, right, right. I knew it was going to tell the origin of Jason. I wanted to get it. So, well, I mean, for one thing, it's all Jason. Yeah, but and then it's... there's the ending sequence, which we'll get to, which kind of kills it for me. But we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it doesn't have much to do with Jason's resurrection, just like Batgirl doesn't really have anything to do with. Yeah, at least they showed it. (laughs) Yeah, at least they showed it. But um, I really like how Jason is telling his own story. Yeah, he seems, you know, to leave all the bad parts in it. You know, from when his parents met till his resurrection. And to be honest, it's kind of sobering to hear that. And even though we kind of knew his story and you know his background, it's just great to see it fleshed out. 
you know, a little more in this in this issue. Uh, I mean, he he's a really damaged person, you know, from yeah. a bad environment. His his parents seem like two people who shouldn't have gotten together, who had a kid. You know, he yeah. he, he he lost his parents to prison, uh, one to prison, and the other to drug drug addiction. I mean, he he has to be the man man of the house at a young age, and after his parents die, he has to rob people to get money, so that he can simply survive. Um. But that's obviously what makes him different from all the other Robins. Uh, you know, Dick and Tim grew up in relatively good environments, and so did Bruce when he was younger, before his parents died, of course. <laughs> so, so, so I can see why Bruce and Alfred had a tough time controlling him, um, because maybe they just didn't relate to him. Uh, I, I also like the, 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 the change that Scott, Scott Lobdell made where, or Jason is caught stealing prescription drugs instead of the rims off the Batmobile. It, yeah. it just seems more dangerous. I also like, too, how I don't, uh, Leslie Tompkins was involved with it also. Right, right. She took him in after that. I mean, she took him in after he got beat up, right? Yeah, she told kind of told Bruce to, like, go easy on him or something to that effect. Right, right. But, but I like the prescription drugs thing, and, I, and I'm all right with that change. Um, it, it's just, like I said, more dangerous and, I mean, I don't know the right word, like, like shocking, I guess it would be. Um, anyways, I, I, I think this issue does a really good job of showing, you know, Bruce train Jason and Jason becoming Robin and, you know, showing his rage and anger that he has for his past. And, and, you know, like, reading this issue and, and getting to the part where, you know, Jason meets his mother for the first time. Uh, I, I keep on forgetting that Jason's mother betrayed him mm-hmm. and gave him over to the Joker for some reason. Um, but but I really like how Jason said that he should have known it was a setup because of his experience with his parents. Yeah. Um, he he should have known that something would have been screwed up or, some, or his parents would have let him down again. Um, just a really great scene. And it was great to see that Jason was was sad that he never told Bruce goodbye or thank you or that he was sorry. Yeah, I thought that because too. It, 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 it's nice to see, it's nice to think that even though Jason is where he is and done what he's done, um, that he wishes that he could have said those things to Bruce for what Bruce has done for him. So yeah, I liked all that. I liked the art, especially the scene where, you know, Jason finds his mother dead and, you know, I really liked this issue. Um, and then I read the backup. Oh yeah, <laughs> I think we're gonna be on the same page here. I'm not sure how to feel about this yet. I know exactly how I feel about it. <laughs> but this, but this piece of crap is so rotten, and idiotic that it almost ruined this entire issue. For yeah, it's just there's no reason for it except yeah. I don't know I what mean, they I, to do with it, but I, I mean, I, having the Joker craft Jason's life. Is shocking in the worst possible way. It's just stupid. Yeah. Uh, my, you know, my question is why? Why do that? I mean, the, this whole mastermind thing in, in this backup part was is so over the top um, that it's impossible. It's it's impossible to believe or care about it. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it it was really unnecessary. It, it was really unnecessary. Uh, I, I can kind of see why Scott Lobdell did it, just going off death in the family and stuff. But he he just went 
so far uh, with this run story that shouldn't have, you know, even made it to the editor's desk. I know, like, um, well, how does it improve Jason's story at all? It lessens it. It, it, it doesn't. It doesn't at all. It, it's, it's kind of a slap in the face, to be honest. Um, yeah, and it's like, what are they trying to set up? They're trying to set up, like, a big confrontation between Joker and Red Hood and the death of a family where Joker's going to yeah, say, no, I'm your real father, Jason. I created you. It was me. Well, who why even consider that? that? Why even consider that? That's what I don't get. Um, for me, th- th- this backup didn't even happen. Yeah, uh, so just, I'm like, gonna... <laughs> just like the continuity, I don't really care uh, about the continuity at this point. Uh, but this backup didn't happen for me. Uh, and I hope that DC or any other writer never, ever touches this uh, aspect of Jason's story. And, and you know, um, makes this story bigger than it should be. Because, I mean, let's face it, this thing should just be forgotten. Um. But the art was good for, for both stories, um, regardless of that rotten script. Um, so I'm going to give this four. Uh, you know what? I'm going to give this three three and a half out of five uh, Batman allies that show up and just know how to fight, just because of that last story. It was just terrible. Yeah, I'm terrible, pretty much... Terrible, terrible, terrible. I'm pretty much right with you on everything. Probably, <laughs> like you said, too, this... I enjoyed everything up until that backup issue happened. I thought it ended real good, but where we got to know the new way of Jason coming back. I mean, they finally got rid of that whole point of Superboy Prime's punch is what brought him back. Yeah. But they just simplified it with the Lazarus Pit, which is fine. Kind of like the Red Hood movie. I was actually thinking that this was one of the best Zero issues. Yeah, I was getting that we've seen. And then I've I've read that backup story and. It just slayed me. <laughs> yeah, it's so you're making it more com- complicated than it has to be. You're not even complicated, just unnecessary stuff to try to make it more like a shock value or something that the Joker was behind Jason's life pretty much from the get-go. It's just so unnecessary. It's so pointless, yeah, really. It, it, it seems campy. Yeah. At the end. It, I mean, it's... I don't know. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you again. <laughs> That's okay. But... Going back to the main story, the good part, uh, like you said earlier, I just love uh, Jason's monologue throughout the whole issue, kind of like breaking the fourth wall where he's talking to the readers and just kind of saying how messed up his life is. I like that line where it shows that uh, shot of him in the, in the when he was just born in the tube. It was kind of where he says, um, Would, wouldn't you be surprised to know that this was hands down like the happiest day of my life? <laughs> Like, the sarcastic responses that he had to each of the images that we're seeing were great. Yeah, he, he, he also said that in um, the Under the Red Hood movie. He says that something about the greatest day of his life when he... Yeah, um, at the very end. with Batman. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, it's not his birth. It's... Um, as Robin, yeah. As Robin, yeah. Yeah, I just thought it was a good sarcastic remark <laughs> to the images. So, so, yeah, I pretty much agree with everything that you said about it. It was great up until that sorry excuse for a backup story. <laughs> Which, like you, I pretend is not going to happen unless it's, it's going to play somehow into the death of the family arc, which will then oh. probably make that story not as good. So, so yeah, I'll probably give this one three Batman like that show up and know how to fight. Yeah, and, and plus, it kind of lessens um, the death in the family story. Yeah, I mean, I haven't read that issue in a long time. I forget the exact reason why uh, Jason's mom was with the Joker. 
but I know it wasn't because he was planning all this from the beginning. Oh. It was just like a happy coincidence that he had a Robin show up and he was able to kill him. That was just so stupid. So stupid, this backup. Um, but like, what I wanted to ask you was, do you think that Jason loves his father? Mm, I don't know. I wouldn't say, um, maybe he's like that. Maybe he doesn't respect him, but he still kind of like loves him as as a father, as like any kid probably would. Right. But he right. has no respect for him at all for what he's done. Right. So yeah. And, and then another he thing is he that didn't have, he didn't seem like that. Where most stories were an angsty kid who's like really hates his father all the time. He didn't get that impression from this one. He was like annoyed with him more than than anything yeah, than yeah. hateful. I would say. It's kind of like he was the parent, and then. But like Jason was the parent, yeah. and then like his his father was the kid, and then you know his father is constantly letting him down. Yep. But um, another th- another thing we can get from the story is that that lady, um, who Jason meets up with in um, I think they're in South Africa or something, is his mother. But we kind of already knew that already. Yeah. But um. Because yes. at first when they showed that his mother died, I was like, oh, okay, they're going to change something to uh, a death in the family storyline. Yeah. Because of the whole point of him going after his mother, what got him mixed up with the Joker in the first place. Right, right. But then they explained that pretty good up until the backup. <laughs> but then they also didn't explain, too, like, why would uh, Talia be after Jason's body and put him in the Lazarus pit anyway? Yeah, they kind of skipped. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, the... To be, to be fair, the story was from Jason's point of view. True, yeah, that's a good point. So he wasn't really caught, yeah. Yeah, but it would be nice to know, because why would they be interested in him? Because in the comics, I think he just showed up on their doorstep in a crazy state <laughs> when Superboy's Punch woke him up. <laughs> Superboy's Punch. <laughs> We're going to miss that origin. <laughs> um, yeah, so let's wash our bottles clean with... Um, Let's get let's well, get that bad aftertaste out of our mouths with um, Catwoman number zero. Oh really? That's just gonna add. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna make me vomit. Tim, go ahead, man. Oh man, I can't believe they went here with this. <laughs> let's just get to the point that really killed it for me. I mean, it started off with not really too interesting, and I wasn't really liking this portrayal of Selena in the first place. Right. But then we get to the Batman Returns moment. Oh, no. <laughs> and he pushes her off a roof. She falls. <laughs> and wouldn't you know it, she's surrounded by a bunch of alley cats. And they start licking her. Uh, so what so I, original, right? So original. When I first read that, I was like, no. They really <laughs> went there. I can't believe that. <laughs> uh, and then I don't know if this is... They're really going this route, but she does say in her monologue that she goes back to the spot where she fell. She goes, this is where I left the first skin of my nine lives. So are they implying <laughs> that it is like Batman Returns where she has nine lives? Like, well, I, I hope not. Yeah. Uh, I just hope not. I mean, this is a new writer, too. And Nacenti. Nacenti. Yeah. yeah, and so far, she's not off to a good start. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Unless, oh, this I is, mean, unless this is a story that they had planned for a while and she just wrote it, but it wasn't, it wasn't actually an idea to do this. But man, I just, right. I just really can't believe they went to the Batman Returns route. That's the one thing everyone really complains about with Catwoman in that movie is her origin. Well, to, 
To be honest, I was hoping that was the one place they weren't going to go. Yeah. And they went there. <laughs> and I really didn't even, like, do the whole beginning story where she's part of this uh, program to, like, to help people who can't make it and are, like, trying to get them off the light, out of the life of crime. Just, I just didn't think Selena would do something like that, knowing her character from before. And so the art, too, is really bad. I did not like her design of this issue at all. <laughs> I didn't even, didn't even feel like it was Catwoman to me. I, I have a little confession to make. <laughs> You're liking the art? <laughs> <laughs> not liking it. I'm not there yet. But, oh, on you. <laughs> um, if you've listened to our past podcasts, um, I haven't really been too nice to Adrian, Adriana Mello's art. But I with this issue, I, I've, I'm kind of warming up to it. Wow, really? I'm the opposite. Yeah. I thought this is the worst one. Yeah, I know. It's so funny because I, I think you gave, you might have gave the art like some a little bit of praise when I was like, "Those art sucks." <laughs> With this I issue, was, it's some of her designs of Selena in the previous issues were kind of made you wonder, like, Wait, why she's making that face. But I thought the yeah. overall art was pretty good. But in this one, it's just, uh, <laughs> I just did not like it. <laughs> yeah, and her Selena isn't very consistent. No, right. <laughs> But maybe it's it, it, it's it's like the Batman and Robin where it's going through time. Yeah, but should, yeah, but her face didn't be changed that much. <laughs> yeah, I know. Not a little kid <laughs> growing up. Yeah, like the 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 first panel we see, it's Selena's face and it looks round, and then we see her later on in the issue and she has kind of that, um, uh, Gillian March look where everything is sharp, mm-hmm. you know, not as wrong. But starting tomorrow to the art, to be honest. <laughs> uh, that's good for you, Ali. <laughs> but yeah, just the overall story and then her uh, her identity, trying to figure out like what's her real name and all that. This it, it just didn't really interest me at all. But I just uh, then just the whole Batman Returns thing just killed the issue for me big time. <laughs> so score it. I'm probably gonna give it a one. Uh, Batman wow. allies <laughs> that show up and know how to fight. I you really you, rare, you rarely give things one. I do, yeah. <laughs> or I don't, yeah. <laughs> wow, Tim, I'm surprised. You, I'm surprised. Yeah, I really don't like it. Your, your copy is in a pile of ashes right now. <laughs> well, I didn't want to waste $3 fully. <laughs> <laughs> you just wanted to be let down by Anacenti and uh, Adriana Mello, right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I just hope it picks up with her new ongoing arcs. <laughs> I'm hoping because that that last Catwoman run with um, Judd Winnick wasn't very good. Nope. Um, for me, Catwoman number zero. I think that this issue just tried to do too much, and that the script could have used some editing. I know what uh, I said. It. I think there there's at least four time period changes in this issue. And it got to be confusing after a while, you know, going because it doesn't happen in um, in order. It kind of happens, you know. Yeah. Selena's in do a Chris Nolan. one part. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of trying to do a Chris Nolan thing, but and it, it just did not work. I mean, because we start off with Selena's right about to go up into the elevator with that guy, and then we flash back to um, her as a kid, and then we go to her trying to get a rich guy or something. I don't know. I mean, it's it's just too confusing. And it seemed like too much to get through to establish that. And 
And when she does get to the top, it felt like something was missing because it, it, it seems like, to me, we were missing a bunch of story between Selena getting recruited and Selena going to the top of the building with the guy. Uh, but I guess nothing really happened then. But then we transitioned to Selena um, finding out that Selena isn't her real name. Uh, that kind of threw things off for me. I don't see why they did that, but uh, I'm willing to go along with it. Um, you know, I, I, I like the fact that her real name isn't Selena, and I want to see where that goes. I, I want to see who she really is. Um, I also like that whole part of the story where Selena and her brother steal stuff for the orphanage so that the orphanage can make money. Mm-hmm. And how, you know, Selena holds back one jewel that she hides in her mouth. I mean, I I know it's outlandish and stuff, but, like, it works well for the story that's already, already kind of muddy. Also, like, how she tries to pick up that guy in the bar. <laughs> it says that she's in medical school, but the guy notices her fingernails are dirty <laughs> and that uh, she's lying. <laughs> but which transitions into the scene where it seems like Selena goes to steal some stuff to make herself feel better. Um, that's an interesting part of the character that, you know, we haven't really seen. Have we seen that? Just to steal to make her feel better? <laughs> yeah, like, it seems like she stole, she went to go steal stuff because she's seen, like, you know, the tall building and stuff. And, I just thought it relevant. Yeah, to make herself feel better. And, like, you know, like, pick up her, um, emotions, I guess. But, like, um, as for Selena getting pushed off the building. And the cats bring her back to life by licking her. <laughs> uh, I wish they didn't do that. I didn't like it when it happened in Batman Returns. Or well, I kind of didn't like it when it happened in Batman Returns. And I feel the same way here. Uh, I mean, I'm sure Adam Nocenti could have thought of one other way for Selena to become Catwoman instead of using the Batman Returns trick. I know, anything. But anything, I mean... Rip off Christopher Nolan with the. I know exactly. What I was thinking, if you're gonna go based off a movie, why don't you do that one? Right. Um, the only part I liked from that scene was that Selena Selena's name is very dangerous, and that guy is so scared that she'll learn her name that he throws her off a building to kill her. Which again is kind of in the vein of Batman Returns. But hey, I'm just look past that. Why, why did they just call that guy Max Strike? <laughs> and have have him have white hair and thick white eyebrows. <laughs> Uh, overall, I thought, I thought that, that this issue had its good moments. <laughs> Very <laughs> and Could have been written better. And like I said, I'm starting to warm up to Adriana Melzar, which I haven't liked since she started on the book. <laughs> uh, so I'm gonna give this a two and a half. Yeah, two and a half out of five Batman allies that show up and just know how to fight. Much too high. <laughs> it's one point too high. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so um, you know what? Let's do Nightwing next because I have a lot to say about Batwoman, <laughs> and I want to find out what happened to Nightwing. So go ahead. <laughs> uh, Nightwing Zero. I liked it. I like how you know Higgins and that other guy. I can't remember his name for some reason. I keep on blanking on his name, but uh, I like how they flesh out Dick's last day with his parents a little bit. Which pays off emotionally really well. You know, with the bracelet and Dick's dad telling him he needs to stop looking forward all the time and, you know, how he can't ignore the things he doesn't want to deal with. I also liked how after Bruce takes him in temporarily, Dick, go, Dick goes out at night looking for Tony Zuko, Zuko to 
avenge his parents' death and how he encounters Batman and notices that, you know, the things that Batman does with his face is the same, is the same thing Bruce does with his face. I mean, I know it's a ripoff of Dark Knight Rises and John Blake, but I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, we although it, it, it does take away from um, Tim and, and what makes Tim special and how he found out who Bruce was and who Dick was. But, um... I was going to say, too, I like how you said that he goes out at night to look for Tony Zuko. It's like how he did in the animated series episode 2 in Robin's Reckoning Part 2 where he goes out on his own to look for him. So that's cool that they did that in there. Right, but he's not Robin yet. He yeah, was, exactly. That's uh, how it was in the, that episode. Oh, I see. I also liked how Dick referenced his dad telling him that he's always looking forward and, you know, ask Alfred if that if that's why his parents' death doesn't hurt anymore. And I really like how Alfred says that he's healing and that, you know, he's accepting change and it's not a bad thing that he's doing that. Um, you know, to put it short, that whole scene starting with Dick seeing the Batcave for the first time to that scene was really well written. Again, I'm not sure about the timeline and after reading all of these issue zeros, I almost don't care anymore. But first off, like, how did Dick know how to fight, grown man? <laughs> That's uh, leading into our rating system. <laughs> yeah, before he had any kind of martial arts training, and how how fast did he learn everything that Bruce taught him? Because there's there's a scene of him doing chemistry, and there's a scene of him fighting with um with sticks with Bruce, and yeah, the most he's a fast learner. <laughs> yeah, the most you would think maybe two years he was training in as. And then being Robin at the most in order to fit Tim and Jason and Damien in there, maybe. But that might be pushing it. <laughs> yeah, I just, I mean, who cares at this point, really? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, that that part seemed really fast. It happened really fast. And there wasn't really any, exp- any explanation for that. Um, especially that first part, you know, with Dick. Of fighting those men. Anyways, uh, I really like how Dick spent some time behind the bad computer, uh, you know, helping Bruce in that way instead of immediately becoming Robin and how he finally becomes Robin. Dick's dialogue in that scene um, is really, really good. When, you know, when Dick talks about how Alfred always says that, you know, Dick and Bruce are similar uh, but different and how when he helped Bruce, they were on the same page. Um, it was just a great way to end, end the issue. And, you know, Dick saying that Robin isn't permanent because the things always change was kind of enough for me to forget that we don't really get to see Dick's transition from Robin to Nightwing. But, I mean, regardless, it would have been awesome to see that. Yeah, the the art was also really good. Um, like the panel where we see Dick, Dick's parents falling. And the first time we see, you know, Dick as Robin in, in action. And, you know, it's always great to see Eddie Barrows on this book. Overall, this issue was good. Uh, I can't really find any fault with it. Uh, but I can see how people have some issues with it. I mean, especially, you know, with the whole training thing and, you know, Dick staying behind the computer for what seems like most of his Robin career. But yeah, I can, I can forget, forgive and forget all that stuff. So I'm going to give this, I'm going to give this three Batman allies that show up and just know how to fight out of five. Well, now I'll look forward to it even more reading it when my comic store actually gets in stock. <laughs> I don't know why you just don't buy it digitally and just buy a paper copy of it. <laughs> It's only $6, dude. You, you can't afford $6. <laughs> no, I can't. I'm sorry. That's why I hate you. Okay, so I guess all we have left is Batwoman number zero. And 
I've got a long thing. I've got. Is this going to be a rant or a praise <laughs> of the issue? <laughs> See, I, I, I'm not going to say anything right now before I give my review to keep you on edge. <laughs> Let me just say I'm a that woman fan. Um, I think that her um, her book is better than Snyder's Batman. I'll, I'll go all right wow. and say that. Okay, <laughs> I knew you liked um, that. I don't know if you didn't know you liked it that much. <laughs> I, I I I love Batwoman, but like. I just want to thank J.H. Williams and W. Hayden Blackman and DC and everyone else who had anything to do with anything in this issue because this is exactly what I wanted from this issue. Um, this issue was an absolute treat, and I love this issue. It was great to see that retro art. I mean, first off, it was great to see that retro art that Williams uh, used in Elegy to show Kate and Beth as little girls again. That's some of my favorite scenes that he he. He's drawn in, in his Batwoman run. And, you know, I, I really liked how that first scene worked, where every time the colonel left work, he would tell the girls to look for, after one another, and how it wasn't only Kate looking after Beth. It, it really did work both ways, but in different ways. Um, and to follow that with one of the most heartbreaking scenes, with Kate depressed and sad and confused, not knowing what to wear because, you know, Beth always helped her pick, pick out her clothes and how the colonel is being a really good understanding father by, um, by helping her get ready and making her some breakfast and holding her hand through the entire funeral. It, it was just heartbreaking and one of the best scenes in, um, in this issue and of that woman we've seen. So, um, it was great to see that Kate felt that she had, she always had her dad there. Because it makes it even more sad because they're not talking anymore. I also liked how Williams and Blackman uh, recap parts of Elegy really quick, like like Kate being kicked out of West Point because of because of the don't ask don't tell rule, and how she cruises around Gotham, you know, getting drunk and picking up women. Uh, because it's not only what we've seen already. You know, they both found a way to mold the story in a new way to give it more depth. But they kept the shape of the story intact. I also like seeing the colonel putting Kate through training to add, to add on to her training from West Point. It's, it's kind of like Kate knew how to get into your average simple bar fight before she was sent to train with the colonel. And after she was trained, she knew how to fight like Batman. Uh, she, she just didn't randomly know how to fight like, like Dick did. <laughs> um, she actually went through intense, intense training. And I have to say, I mean, that, that, the last training scene where she has to, you know, infiltrate the Russian school was really well written because I really liked how, you know, Williams and Blackman chose to put Kate into a situation similar to the situation she was in with her mom and Beth to, to push Kate into an uncontrollable rage, which she showed that she, she can control. And finally, like, like the rest of the book, the last scene was pretty awesome, you know, with Kate putting on the Batwoman suit and how she didn't come back to Gotham as Batwoman, um, you know, she came back as Kate Kane, and how she really became Batwoman when the Colonel, who she trusted, who she thought was always going to be there for her, and you know, betrayed her by not telling her about Beth still being alive, and wondering why he would lie to her. I just thought that that scene was one of the best parts of the issue. But overall, it goes without saying that I absolutely love this issue. I love, I love the story and how Williams and Blackman expanded upon what Greg Rucker wrote. I also like how the story takes place in flashback. 
facts, you know, with case narration, which unlike the other zero number zeros, has a reason to be there with the whole thing, with every time she would go out to fight crime, she would leave a recorded message to to her father in case she died. And even though some people may not like have liked it, I also liked how Williams and Blackman used a lot of text in this issue to give the story, you know, time to breathe and flow and not feel rushed because I mean, at this point, you really can't rush Batwoman. It was just great to read, and it, it's such great writing. Some of the best writing in comics. I can't say enough about it. And, you know, of course, like I said, I love the retro style that J.H. Williams used in Elegy, you know, to show Kate and Beth as little girls. And, you know, the art overall was nothing but amazing, as always. Yeah, I love this issue. Uh, it was the perfect and best number zero issue. This is exactly what I wanted. And, you know, Williams and Blackman delivered that. <laughs> I, I can't make that any more clear. This is exactly what I wanted. And to me, in my opinion, this is the best Zero issue that we've gotten. And so, I'll, of course, I'm going to give this five five Batman allies that show up and just know how to fight out of five. I have one question for you, though, Dean. Right. Did you like it? I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Sure, this I was that straight out, so... <laughs> This was the perfect issue, and I, I I can't say anything more about it. I know I sound repetitive, but like I just loved it. And, and like um, I uh, sent a Twitter message to J.H. Um, uh, Williams thanking him for this for this issue, and he he sent me a message back saying, you know, um, thanks for for liking it and you know stuff like that. Isn't it great when you get a Twitter response from someone in the creative field that you liked? <laughs> Right. <laughs> I actually got one from uh, Lauren Lester, who did uh, Robin's voice in the animated series. Oh, really? <laughs> that was pretty cool. That's the best part about Twitter, just like tell, getting the chance to tell people that how much you enjoyed something that you wouldn't normally get the chance to. Right. And when they actually respond, it's like, okay, cool, they actually looked at it. <laughs> so, Tim, what did you think about it? Um, I'll let you know when I get Nightwing number zero also. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't read it either. No. Oh, you suck. But it's safe to say it's better than Catwoman, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> I can I can guarantee that. <laughs> There's not a lot of things I can guarantee you, Tim. That's one. <laughs> Death and Taxes and Batwoman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, the rare 5 out of 5 rating for Batwoman number 0. So we had a just... 5 out of 5 and a rare 1. <laughs> 1 out of 5. <laughs> It's like you barely give out fives, and I barely give out ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just loved it. I can't say that enough. Um, so, was there anything else you wanted to review, Tim? Batman Beyond Number Zero, Justice League Number Zero. Yeah, definitely Batman Beyond. That's one okay. of the titles I always look forward to every month. All right, go ahead. And with this title, there's always focuses on because there's three stories in each issue. And it always focuses mainly on one of them. It's either the Batman Beyond or Batman Solo stories, Superman Beyond, and then the Justice League Beyond. And for this one, it focused back more on just Terry's story. And the joke, the whole thing that's been going on throughout all the issues is that the Jokers are all gathering up into Gotham. They're going to make one big attack on the city. And it finally starts to happen in this issue. It's just, they just basically... Just showing how crazy this gang is, is that they just pretty much strap bombs to themselves and go into these uh, populated buildings and just start blowing them up all over the city. So is it better than David Hines? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no question. But then again, you don't really have to try too hard. Exactly. 
<laughs> it's like comparing the Batwoman to Catwoman issue. <laughs> There's like a, it was pretty much like a disaster story because you just have Terry going around all over Gotham trying to prevent these explosions from these Jokers from killing themselves and blowing up all these buildings in Gotham. It was cool because we got to see some characters that were from the first uh, Batman Beyond run uh, a few years ago. I think it's two years ago now where uh, I'm at a beach. It's the first one where we had that uh, futuristic Catwoman again. She shows up at the very end. It was cool to see her. And then yeah, we got her suit. Yeah. Then we got a really nice suit. Then he wasn't in it or didn't say anything that much, but we just got a little glimpse at Dick again. Um, looking out. No, no, this is a real dick, not the hush dick. Oh. <laughs> you just see him looking out the window and he sees some jokers and then the bomb goes off, but that he's not killed. So it kind of made it like he's going to get involved in some way in this uh, battle with the jokers, which I hope he does. Then there's the whole subplot with uh, Bruce's liver failing and how he kept it from Terry, and Terry's pretty much mad at him for not telling him. I think it's eventually going to lead into where Terry is the only match to donate to Batman, which we found out in uh, the Justice League episode epilogue. That's how we found okay. out he's his father. So I think it's all leading up to that. Do you think um, that they'll, uh, they'll ever kill off Bruce in Batman Beyond? I don't know, because I know Bruce Tim has said before that he would never kill off Batman <laughs> or Bruce in Batman Beyond. He just can't bring himself to do it. So I don't know if any other writer would in this universe, but it would be... I would be curious to see how that happens, though, how, if they would just do it where as of old age or if something happens to him where he goes into the suit one last time, that's how he dies. That's what I would like to see, where he actually dies as Batman again. But who knows if we'll actually get that. But yeah, it was just a great issue of seeing Terry trying to stop these Jokers from blowing up pretty much all of Gotham City. And he's teaming up with a new um, hero called Vigilante. It's that guy from a previous issue who was part of the... Derek Powers, this group that killed Terry's father. He doesn't know that yet, but he's the guy who actually pulled the trigger in killing his father. So I'm sure that'll develop into some confrontations between both of them once he finds that out. But for right now, they're working together. So that was probably the part of the comic I liked most was just uh, Terry's solo story in Batman Beyond. But the Superman Beyond and the Justice League Beyond still continue on the same story as before. But nothing really drastic happened in this, especially in the Superman Beyond one. That one's been pretty cool before because he actually teamed up with Bruce again. But for this one, Superman's just hiding out in the Fortress of Solitude, not being able to do anything because uh, the whole world is being surrounded by kryptonite meteors all over it. They pretty much formed a ring around the planet. So he can't go anywhere. And the Justice League Beyond is just where they're preparing for a big attack on... Because before they're at Apocalypse trying to stop this massive serpent that the Cobra cult unleashed, and now it's heading towards Earth, so they're just preparing for that attack. Nothing really too interesting happened in there. So while I still enjoy this this whole Batman Beyond storylines, this one wasn't the greatest out of all the, the previous seven issues. I'd probably give it three Batman allies that know how to fight out of five, mainly for the main uh, solo Batman Beyond story with the Jokers. All right, cool. So Justice League number zero, what did you think? Well, there's no Justice League members in this issue. <laughs> not Captain Marvel. It was okay. Um, I know I've been enjoying the backups that led up to this with Billy Batson. I like his new portrayal here. Probably my favorite part of the issue was where uh, that wizard was saying how he's looking for the ultimate pure good person. There has to be someone in the world like that. I just like uh, Billy Batson's response to him saying, like, that's not true. There's no such thing as a pure-hearted good person. Like, if they do, uh, they eventually, something makes them turn bad. They may have those good qualities, but they're still not perfect. 
they'll do something that's not right. That kind of throws the, that wizard for a loop. <laughs> like, not wanting to believe that. So, instead, he pretty much said, if that's the case, he has no choice. He has to pick someone to be Captain Marvel now because Black Adam has been unleashed. And so, he does end up picking Billy Batson. And I like kind of like his new costume design with his, but it has the cape, but it has that hood now that he wears over it. Gives him a more, I guess from the shadows, it might make, right. make him look more menacing if he's wearing that hood over there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Well, I'm just like Captain Marvel's not more menacing. Menacing hero. <laughs> and you see his eyes going with him. more menacing. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. I think there might have been a shot like this. this yeah, there is. Because it's a woman from being mugged, and then the guy turns around and he sees him like that. <laughs> I was so hoping the guy would be like. <laughs> would turn around and be like, aren't you that guy that used to have that stupid look? <laughs> a hood make all the difference in the world. <laughs> That's not to say that, well, Captain Marvel looked stupid before that, but <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't have the best outfit going for him. Kind of like Booster Gold. And yeah. uh, animal man. You really, you really take him as a threat if you just saw him in that outfit. No, but now with the hood, you think twice about crossing him. <laughs> <laughs> it's all in the hood, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I also up too, right, where he saves that woman, and she asks him, is there anything I could do? And he actually asks her for money. <laughs> and she gives him, like, $20. <laughs> it's like, what superhero would do that? <laughs> you got to make a living, man. Like, everybody can be rich like Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's still a kid in that body, so what would you expect? So, yeah, it was okay, despite it not having any members of the Justice League and being called Justice League Zero. And then it has that backup, which is going to lead in, I guess, to the first big event, the Trinity War, where we find out that uh, Pandora is trying to open the box, which will end up being Pandora's box, to try to fix what she did, which I'm guessing is trying to set the universe back to what the way it was before the whole... Flashpoint relaunch. And then it ends with the the question pretty much uh, saving a little girl. Saving the mayor's girl, actually. But I don't know what exactly his agenda is, because he's one of those three who got banished in that uh, free comic book day issue. Like the three sins or something that they banished. That Pandora was, the Phantom Stranger, and the question's all part of So I don't know exactly what his quite, like, agenda is going to be. That's the question now, so we'll find out in Trinity War, I guess. But, so yeah, overall, it's a pretty pretty good issue. Probably give it three and a half Batman allies who show up and know how to fight. Okay, and I, I didn't read it. Um, I picked it up from the, the comic shop, but you I don't know. It's just... In there. <laughs> it just Captain Marvel. You kind of... Yeah, I was like, uh, I'll get to it. I probably would have been the same way if I haven't been reading the backups and enjoying those. So <laughs> it was nice to kind of get a payoff for that. Yeah, and plus uh, I I kind of skipped through um, all the backups. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but now that you know Captain Marvel is more menacing with that hood, you can read. <laughs> see that pa- see that panel where it shows it. It's all in the hood. See that, that Superman should wear one like that now. <laughs> oh. I'm sure Kerry would love that. <laughs> I wonder what yeah I wonder what uh, Superman fans would um would think about that if Superman decided to wear a hood all the time. <laughs> But anyways, um, I guess that's it, unless you wanted to mention anything else. Is there anything? I think that's about it. Yeah, we... We're just excited to finally get to the Joker art and the death of the family next month. That's going to be awesome. awesome, yeah. 
Oh, what if it sucks? It won't. Well, Skyrim. No, no, I'm just saying, like... I just won't, anyway. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, there's that... I wouldn't even say 1% chance that it's going to suck. It'd be a big surprise if it does. Like, like, what if it's just terrible? Like, you can't find any um, positives in it. (laughs) It won't be. Maybe if... uh... Tony Daniel and David Finch were in charge of it. Oh, <laughs> the main no. story arcs, yeah. <laughs> if that was the case, I would just quit this podcast. I would quit reading Batman comics. <laughs> I would just give up. <laughs> okay, so I guess that's it. Um, you can check out our host site, The Batman Universe, at thebatmanuniverse.net, on Facebook at facebook.com slash batmanuniverse, or on Twitter, and the Twitter handle is batmanuniverse. You can also find us on iTunes, as well as all all of the other Batman Universe podcasts, and you can rate and review us on the podcast. I mean, on iTunes, and you can review all the other Batman Universe podcasts on iTunes. And um, there's a ton of them, and Dustin's on all of them. You know, I think he's a cyborg. (laughs) There's no way that that guy can be on like twenty thousand podcasts. Like Superman's uh, robots, he has to go out on patrol for him when he's gone for a while. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> There's no way that that, can't, that guy can do all those podcasts and raise a child, have a wife, and work. There's no way. There's no way. But anyways, um, also, if you really, really love Stella and you need her 24-7 in your life, then you can go to her Batgirl site at BatgirlToOracle.net. And she also has a petition where she's going to try to get the Batgirl Year One animated movie back into production. You can find that at GoPetition.com slash petitions slash Batgirl dash year dash one dash HTML. And our outro music is Spangler. And you can find them at Facebook.com slash Spangler Band. So thank you for joining us again. We all love you. <laughs> and... We have to say goodbye for now, but we'll see you in two weeks, man. Don't worry about it. We'll see you back here in two weeks. And you can listen to the fine tones of Tim, Tim's voice, and you can hear me. So, bye, everybody. <laughs> see ya. <laughs> I don't know what else I could have said after that, after you lo- tell everyone they loved him so much. <laughs> no homo, of course. Yes. That's how you end the podcast. <laughs> Telling everyone you love him. <laughs> Her skin on mine. Yeah, not that much. Well, it's a secret I'll take with me soon.